The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question or comment for us, give us a call. 877-670-7117 or email us by going to our website, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Um, so, the and the, I'm not just talking about in Bend or Oregon in general. I'm talking about the whole United States. Uh, but U.S. housing affordability is worse today than the peak of the last housing bubble. Think, think, uh, 2005, six, seven. That was the last housing bubble we saw, um, and housing became very unaffordable then. But it's even worse now. The median American household would need to spend 45% of their income right now to afford the median price home, which is a record high. And as Josh has brought it up in the past, uh, you know, that's not good. It's not a good thing for America because, you know, there's every year there's about 1.1 million households for meaning young people, you know, having kids, getting married and wanting to go out and buy a house. And for most of that age group, they're just, it's not attainable because so much of their income would have to go uh, towards housing. And so it's, it's really an unhealthy situation. And, you know, in order to make it healthy again, um, you know, a lot of people want the solution to be for rates to come back because then, you know, these ridiculous prices uh, could be so-called sustained, but a more healthy situation would be uh, that the the price of housing came down uh, so that this large group of individuals every year that gets formed uh, can afford a housing because that that can, can can create some civil unrest when the housing market when people feel uh, that they they have no chance of ever being able to buy a house it, it is not a good feeling um, for, for a large group of people and you know if interest rates are going to stay higher over time um, house prices are going to have to come back to to sort of meet that because Even if we could just revisit like pandemic pre-pandemic prices that would be an attainable attainable but price level that was 40 percent ago <laughs> i know i, I know but the juice was like we kept us on the juice just a little bit too long a little bit what are you talking about a little bit god you're such a millennial <laughs> that's like the, i won't even go there all right so it, for all of you, all of you that want to be bulls on the stock market, here's some data that uh, is certainly a bullish thing for stocks. Um, I guess you could interpret it a couple of different ways, but um, total assets and money market funds, which we think of as dry powder, have hit a record 5.75 trillion dollars. That's an increase of a trillion dollars since the start of the year. So. The, the, there's two there's two arguments. For a long time, when interest rates are at zero, all the money in money markets, you you would assume, or a lot of it had wanted to go be invested because it was earning nothing. Now that money's getting north of five percent, so m maybe a lot of it is there to stay. But uh, when you also think of it as potentially moving into the stock market, a lot of people can sort of view that as a, as a bullish sign. Uh, part of me, you know, part of me is like, well, probably a, a little bit. More, you know, maybe a third of it is just liking the 5% interest because the bank isn't paying them 5% of the savings account. So it just got moved from the bank to a money market. Um, <clears throat> I guess, I guess time will but tell. But we, we know how flows work. They'll, they always chase and that flow will go back into to, to equities, into stocks. Uh, yeah. If we have another long, month, <laughs> long if, after the rally, <laughs> if we have another month, like we just had, if the month of December is as good as the month of November, some of that money will chase it into stocks as, as we all know, individual investors and they're not just individual professional investors are really bad at timing markets as well. Um, you know, it, it, the, my favorite is the nifty 50 period and how bad professionals were during that period. But, um, okay. So, um, a lot of times on the show, I'm like, what What are our clients talking about? Because if our clients are bringing this stuff up, um, I know that a lot of you that listen to the radio show are probably thinking about it too. Um, and so, 
you know, when I when we do when we sit down with clients or prospective clients to talk about, okay, what's retirement going to look like? Um, so many of our peers, so many other financial advisors, um, make it seem like is that like you have to hire me to do this because it's really complicated. And the funny thing about um, retirement math and, and figuring out retirement is you learned everything you need to know about it when you were probably in third or fourth grade. It, it's certainly not complicated. And really, it, it comes down to how much you're going to need in retirement. So the first thing you kind of need to figure out is, okay, how much income am I going to need in retirement? Am I going to need 10 grand a month, five grand a month, whatever that number is, you have to figure out what that number is. And then you have to say, well, okay, how much am I going to get from fixed sources? So things like social security or a PERS or, or some form of a pension. So how much am I going to get that I know I'm going to get? Uh, and, and then you can say, okay, well, what's the gap between what I know I'm going to get as a fixed income that's secure, like Social Security, uh, what's the gap between that and what I need? Uh, and then you can say to yourself, okay, well, let's say I need an extra 45000 Just just throwing that number out there. Then in that case, you would need to save a million bucks. You need to have a million dollars in retirement savings because what we tell people is that your retirement portfolio, so all the money that you've saved for retirement can generate a 4.5% withdrawal rate, and then you adjust the withdrawal rate up over time for whatever the inflation rate is, and statistically, you're not going to run out of money over over your retirement. So, you know, what I just described was pretty darn basic and pretty simple. I Maybe you, earn, you learned it in second grade. I don't know. That, that percentage deal on a calculator gets real complicated. But uh, so, 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 you know, you just have to say, okay, I need to know what is going to, you know, how much 4.5% is going to be on the nest egg. And, th- and that becomes simple math. And then, then what you have to do, if, if you're, especially if you're young like me or jo- if you're even younger like Josh, you have to say, okay, well, what's my, how much do I have now? What's my savings rate on an annual basis? And then if I put a really conservative growth rate over that period between now and my retirement, let's call it 5% growth rate, uh, am I going to get there? And, and so, you know, if you, if you look for a 5% growth rate and your portfolio does 7.5% or 8 or 9 or 10%, great, you're going to have more than you need. But that's really all that needs to be done. And, and, and the reason there's no like, you know, we can run software on that and we can run these financial plans. But the reality is that most of those things do it in a linear way and it changes so much. It's not worth doing. What it's worth doing is revisiting it on an annual basis to see if you're on track based on the assumptions you continue to make. So you can make adjustments one way or another to see if you're on track. Because we, one thing we know about life is it's dynamic and it's ever changing, right? And so to, to go to a financial advisor or financial planner's office and run this financial plan. If you're being sold is a so financial stupid. plan on, a one, on, a, on an ad hoc basis and you're getting charged three grand for it, run for the hills. Yeah. So, you know, the, the retirement math is really, really simple. Um, and, and so, you know, the, and what I should say is where this information comes from is a guy named Bill Bang, William Bangin, Bill Bangin, who uh, worked at MIT for a long time and he retired from MIT and he became a financial advisor in Arizona. And he said, OK, I want to know, I, I, I want to figure out mathematically what the best withdrawal rate I can tell my clients is from their retirement portfolio so they're not going to run out of money statistically. And so he said, I'm going to build a portfolio, a hypothetical portfolio of 60% stocks using the S&P and 40% bonds using the aggregate bond index. And I'm going to run regression analysis on that portfolio going back to 1900. So it includes lots of different markets, including the Great Depression. And then he said, would this portfolio have held up if, you know, what's the withdrawal rate that would hold up the best uh, statistically over that period? And then he, come, he came out with a number of 4.4%. And there was a big question over the last, say, six or seven years when interest rates had gotten to zero, does the 4.4% hold up? And, you know, I, I thought to myself, probably not because 40% of your money was earning nothing. And so now that money is earning something. So that's where we get that. It, it's not an exact science. Like I can't promise our clients if they take 4.5% that they're not going to run on money. Nobody can. Uh, but that's sort of the starting point and, and how you should be thinking about it. If you're saving or if you're really close to retirement, uh, that's the real simple math. Uh, whatever the gap is, you, you need to have enough money to, to save so that 4.5% of that pile of money gets you the income that you need. When you take more, of course you can, but your risk goes up substantially. All right, if you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time. 
to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those scheduled, 800-743-0988, or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, Santa Express using the North Pole Express mailboxes outside Santa Land in the Old Mill District. Every letter with a return address receives a handwritten response from Santa. Holiday magic awaits. Visit oldmilldistrict.com to find out more. Ah, nothing like a morning walk to get you going. With the afternoon I got ahead of me, I really need it. What are you doing in the afternoon? I gotta figure out my m did you say med? Mm-hmm. There's that word again, Medicare. It can make even a morning walk uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to, especially when you have Pacific Source Medicare to guide you. Pacific Source Medicare offers plan options with $0 premiums, $0 prescriptions, no referrals required to see a specialist, dental benefits, and more. Pacific Source Medicare also gives you service from a local person, not an automated phone tree. Find your Pacific Source Medicare plan today. Visit medicarebeyond.org. Pacific Source Community Health Plans is an HMO, HMO DSNP, and PPO plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with Oregon Health Plan, Medicaid. Enrollment in Pacific Source Medicare depends on contract renewal. Pacific Source Medicare, going beyond what's required to put members first. Visit MedicareBeyond.org or call 877-452-8878. For over a century, local radio has evolved with the needs of the community. From politics to pop culture, we keep you informed, bringing you the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text radio to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Are you looking to enjoy going to church again? Check us out at Holy Communion, an independent Catholic church where all are truly welcome. Join us for Mass on Saturdays at 5 o'clock or Sundays at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And enjoy going to church again at Holy Communion. Tis the season to save big right now at Coastal. Coastal has holiday must-haves and winter essentials for less. Check out our selection of coats, jackets, vests from top brand names like Columbia, Wrangler, and Noble Outfitters. Don't let the cold catch you off guard. Speak with one of our in-store hearth experts today. They're ready to assist you in finding the perfect wood, pellet, or gas fireplace at incredible savings with free fuel offered on top of low, low prices. Find gifts for everyone on your list, including pets. Tis the season for savings at Coastal. Coastal Farm and Ranch, just what your holidays need. Shop Coastal Gifts and Winter Gear for less right now. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Hopefully you are having a good weekend this holiday season, Christmas parades, Christmas tree lightings, all that stuff. I feel more and more like the Grinch every year as I get further away from my kids being... Uh, but Josh is thick in the middle of the magic of Christmas, so yeah, you gotta spend some more time around Grayson, and he'll uh, rub off on you. He'll be like, "Bro, bro, do you believe in 
Santa Claus? But like, definitely, I am Santa Claus, the, mofo. The uh, Star Wars Advent calendar. Star, Lego Star Wars Advent calendar. Oh, yeah, we used to have Advent calendars. Like, oh, We used to have them here in the office. Troy used to, Troy's wife used to bring them <laughs> really? in. Really? Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- this, this is an interesting stat. Josh shared this with me. I'm not sure where this comes. This comes from Morningstar. Um, so, you know, we, lots of people... Uh, instead of having their dividends reinvested, they have them paid to cash. And there are certain, you know, financial planning reasons to do that. I mean, we have lots of clients that are in a situation that we're doing that for, or they have a giant position in some individual securities and, you know, need to create cash for other reasons. And so we understand that. But from a pure investment and compounding standpoint, uh, dividend reinvestment can make such a huge difference. And so when you hear the returns of stocks, you know, when you hear people talk about the S&P uh, for the last 100 years has returned something in the neighborhood of 10% annualized, um, a big percentage of that comes from the dividend yield on the S&P. You know, it, it's relatively low right now, sub 2%, but historically, uh, you know, the S&P was yielding mostly in the 3% range. And so if 70% of the return came from capital appreciation, another 30% of that return came from the dividend. And so... Um, this chart is looking at uh, the power of compounding. So looking at the S&P 500, uh, a $10,000 investment in the S&P 500 going back to 1960 through 2022. So looking at that money where the dividends were paid out in the form of cash versus dividends reinvestment reinvested. So if you took that $10,000 from 1960 in the S&P and you and you invested in the S&P and then paid out all the dividends to cash, uh, that money would be 641000 So obviously you got a bunch of cash, so that doesn't account for that. But if you reinvested those dividends, that money would be a little over $4 million. So the big part of compounding is dividends reinvesting. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is that you know, we are now uh, 23 months from the S&P where it hit an all-time high. The S&P hit an all-time high. Uh, in uh, January of 2022, obviously January 2024 will be two years since the market hit an all-time high. But over that period, a lot of you own lots of different securities in your portfolio, and all of those securities, for the most part, have been paying dividends, and those dividends have been been reinvested. And so you have to remember that's a big part of the compounding process so that when the market does start officially a new bull market, you will have a lot more shares than you had when the market last hit an all-time high. And the way that I think of that is sort of this supercharging of returns uh, and, and, and how the math works so well in owning stocks over time, especially when you're reinvesting those dividends. Okay. Uh, Josh shared this with me. It comes from uh, Financial Advisor Magazine or Advisor Hub Magazine. Um, I, I didn't know this. I thought Edward Jones had discretion, but literally uh, at just recently, last month, this month, November, Edward Jones just started allowing their advisors to take discretion on their client portfolios after they prove that they were competent to do so. What discretion means is they have the ability uh, to buy and sell securities in in your account without asking you. I don't think Edward Jones just allowed that. So what that tells you, so for... I don't think that's a good thing. (laughs) For the 15,000 financial advisors at Edward Jones, the home office in St. Louis for Edward Jones had to manage the money, essentially how it worked. And so what that proves is that Edward Jones was just this giant sales force out there... uh, pimping products for the home office for them to, for the home office to be, to be able to manage. Yeah, that that's a whole different conversation that some of these men and women should be taking discretion is a frightening thing to think about. Um, but it's crazy to me that it's 2023 and Edward Jones is just now giving their financial advisors discretion. It's it's like what the heck did you hire them for? I don't know that you want that. No, okay. No. So, Mr. Finelli, in this segment, we I thought we'd talk about something that seems to be becoming more and more popular. And that is donor advised funds. You want me to take crack at talking about what an actual donor advised fund, or do you want to uh, take the first stab at it? I mean, I can do it. It, it. They're called DAFs for short, but it's just a charitable investment account for the only purpose is really supporting charitable organizations that you care about. And well, that's not the only purpose. Most people don't do it for that reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> The only purpose that people ever contribute to them is to take a, a large tax benefit against a year where they have you know, a 
big liquidity event we've had. Well, that doesn't have to be the only reason. No, but it's the most likely reason. And, you know, usually when we see a business owner uh, realize the sale of their business, that'll be the year that they actually create the donor advised fund. So, so well, back up. Talk about the logistics of what that means. So somebody sells a business for four or five million bucks. And you've got a, a relatively large gain uh, associated with that sale. You contribute to the donor advised fund to offset that gain in that particular tax year. So you say, I'm going to, so my tax liability is X. I'm going to contribute, let's say, 500000 or $200,000 to this donor advice fund so I can deduct that amount against my tax So when you contribute, tax whether liability. it's cash, securities, or any other asset, uh, you're, gen you're eligible to take the immediate tax deduction. And then those funds, you know, they're invested for tax-free growth. And so you can re then recommend... Tax-free growth. Yeah, and you can then recommend grants to any 501c3 charity. But uh, over the course of your life, and you know, our clients that have done this that don't have children, uh, it's a good vehicle for them to give money to. And then you know, you're alive to actually see the benefits of those gifts. And basically the way it works is you uh, have you know, a, a trustee, if you will, um, the charitable foundations, Fidelity has one, Schwab has one, Vanguard has one. We use one uh, called Renaissance uh, for our donor advised funds. But you make a grant recommendation to, uh, to the administrator, and then they actually send the money off to your charity. But you recommend the grant, and I've never actually seen one turned down, but uh, that's the way in practice how it works. Yeah, so, but, it, it, you know, people that do donor advised funds don't have to have a big taxable, you know, they can just have a bunch of uh, income. Uh, you know, in any given year, and it can you be used to offset their income. So let's say you make five or six hundred thousand dollars, or whatever the number is, and you want to, and you're charitably inclined, and you want to offset some of that income. That, that's another thing. That's another re reason people do it. But it, it, another reason is it sort of simplifies uh, the process. So not everybody does it to offset the gain. Some people just say, you know what, uh, this would make my charitable giving much easier, and by allotting some value, some dollar amount to this donor advised fund, I can put this money in a place where it's going to grow tax-free and it's going to grow over time. So theoretically, because it's invested in the market, as long as I don't take too much out every year, I can start to give money from this pile of money in perpetuity for the rest of my life. It's sort of the a la uh, Warren Buffett's strategy of like he was really good at compounding money and now he's going to give it all away. But he's going to ultimately give a lot more away because he waited uh, – because it was invested in Berkshire Hathaway and that did so well. So the donor advice fund, not everybody does it for the tax benefit. That that is a big reason. If you you know, you like the big like Josh mentioned, the three big ones are, are Schwab, Fidelity, and Vanguard. Um, but it, it, most of their money comes for that reason. Just know that the fee on them, uh, this sort of administrative fee for those three that I just mentioned are 0.6 percent per year. Then there's the investment cost above and beyond that. But as long as you're using index funds, that's by far going to be the the biggest. The other thing to remember, it, it's no longer your money. Yeah, like it's it's gone. Like you don't get to take it back because the reason you got the you know it's similar to setting up a charitable remainder trust. Uh, once you put the money in there, uh, you get the tax deduction because ultimately at the end of your life when you die, that donor advised fund is going to go to those charities that you name. So that's how you get the tax benefit. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question or a comment for us, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about investing in taxable investment accounts, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five- to six-minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. Take a moment and look out your window. There are an estimated 20,000 people going hungry within reach of this radio spot. 5,000 are kids. Could you help if it was inexpensive? Would you help if it was easy and fed hungry kids? Sure you would. 
Join the Bend Food Project. How about throwing one extra non-perishable food item in your grocery cart when you stock up? Healthy, nutritious things like pasta, tuna, cereal, rice, or peanut butter. Then when you put the groceries away, put that one item in the green Bend Food Project bag we'll provide you. Every two months, we'll pick it up. The process is easy, painless, and inexpensive, but enormously rewarding. On average, we collect over 40,000 pounds of food and create over 32,000 meals for hungry kids and adults. Join the Ben Food Project and expand the power of the green bag and learn the full story at benfoodproject.com. You know, a can a week is not too tough a commitment to feed hungry kids locally. benfoodproject.com. About 100 years ago, Bend started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today, it's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than a half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out. With many decades of expertise in the Central Oregon area, we're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technologies gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or anytime in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. Commander, you've spent two years in space. What's been the biggest adjustment since you've been back? Well, the last couple of years have been pretty unusual. But since I've been back on terra firma, I've had a heightened awareness of Earth's gravity and its effects on the body. Yes, right there. Do you have a plan for dealing with that? Yes, I'm returning to a regular routine at the ACB. The ACB? The Athletic Club of Bend. The adrenaline rush I got during re-entry was amazing. I'm going to reproduce that by transitioning from weightlessness to pumping weights with swimming, running, spinning, tennis. You know, in space, it never changes. But down here, we've got to prepare for the upcoming season. That's for sure. And what I really like is being part of another like-minded community, alive with its own sort of kinetic energy. And the ACB has way more space than when I was actually in space. Sounds like a stellar plan. <laughs> the Athletic Club of Bend, for fitness, for fun, for friends, for family. Just go to athleticclubofbend.com. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. If you'd like to sign up for a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your asset allocation, your portfolio, your estate plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. Uh, so if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Com. So um, I'm looking at this chart, 200-plus uh, years of interest rates in the United States going back to 1798. Um, and what's abundantly clear, you know, everybody talks about interest rates being restrictive right now. And I, I have a hard time um, getting to that place where, where 
people say interest rates are restrictive when because I've been traveling and going to airports and you know seeing what people do in restaurants like seeing how full restaurants are here in in the rest of the country uh seeing that uh people are going to spend about 13.5% more on the holidays than they on presents than they did last year so it, I don't understand like how people think that that means interest rates are restrictive. I guess if you're in the housing market, you think they're restrictive, but the rest of the economy, I don't think they're restrictive. And when you look at this 200-year chart on interest rates in the United States, what's clear is that really in the terms of history, we're still below the restrictive rate. The average on a uh, 10-year treasury is a little over 4.6% yield. <laughs> and so obviously we're below that, and that means – that we're not in restrictive territory. Um, and so, you know, the peak of interest rates uh, was in the early 80s, um, but we're obviously a long ways from there. And then we just came through the period where we had the lowest interest rates in the history of interest rates in the United States. And that, and but we're not, I, I, I just want to make the point that I don't believe that policy is restrictive now. It's just the problem people are having is the rate of change we've seen in the interest rate conference. And I entirely concur. It's once people have adapted to the reality of what it actually costs. But more importantly, like low rates were insidious in that they cr created incentives to misallocate capital to nonproductive things. And that's it's going to take a really long time for that fix to play out. And we can only hope that policymakers actually let it happen because that ultimately will be the cure. And it sets us up in a much better foundation at the end of the day. Man, your generation is going to disown you. They're going to be like, <laughs> you're not a millennial. <laughs> but think about it. Oh, I believe. Hey, I know. You, know you, like, you don't have to argue with me. Watching hundreds of millions of dollars get incinerated for a weed point of sales company, like <laughs> valued at billions of dollars. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just here in Bend. I mean, you, you go to Silicon Valley and they were just throwing money at the dumbest ideas. And I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. So when you have zero interest rate policy, it creates lots of stupid and capital allocation. Every this dollar here of that in, that in goes, Washington. Yeah, but every dollar of that that goes to something rather than something productive, like it, it, uh, it's it's just a, a fix that takes so much time to actually work and you know we're only in the early early innings of of that of that uh paradigm shift you should you should type up your resignation letter from the millennial generation and give it to me and i don't I'll, think it's a a generational like oh millennials love zerp bro they uh, love of course they do but it's because you can have your cake and eat it too I mean. mm, but they don't understand what you just said so um so this is interesting josh printed this off this comes from edward jones's website their revenue sharing disclosure uh for the year that ended december 31st 2022 edward jones received revenue sharing payments of approximately $288 million from mutual fund and 529 product partners and $4 million from annuity product partners. So what that means is that the companies that the Edward Jones advisors are doing business with are paying to be on the Edward Jones platform so that you, the Edward Jones clients, gets put in their products. Not because they're the best products for you, they're the best products for Edward Jones. And so as long as you know that there are a tremendous amount of conflicts of interest with investing your money at Edward Jones, your hard-earned money at Edward Jones, keep doing it. But it boggles my mind that somebody would go to an Edward Jones office and say, yeah, this is the right place for me. There are good people that work at Edward Jones, and I want to be clear about that. The problem is the Edward Jones business model is not good for the end retail investor. There's just, there's nobody that can argue that otherwise for me because when you have so much conflicts of interest uh, between the firm and the client, there is a problem there. And there's I would love to have an argument with any Edward Jones advisor in the country or a home office person that could tell me otherwise. When you have all of these companies paying you all of this money to use their products, you can't tell me that you're putting your clients in the best products for the clients. You're putting them in the best products for Edward Jones. And yes, you now have to disclose it because the government tells you you have to disclose it. But if you have an Edward Jones account, you can vote with your money, and that is to leave. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, where to go. I'm just saying how how could you go to a firm that is rife with conflicts of interest? The answer is you shouldn't. But if if you know about it and you're good with it, then keep doing it. I guess. Okay, Mr. Finelli, uh, when we talk about this, it, this, this next segment, the taxable investment account, it, sometimes you know, people think, wait, you can do that? And so, Josh, describe to our audience, you know, it, for a lot of you, this will seem like, a, yeah, no kidding. Uh, the, the wealthiest people in the world, the way that they own their money uh, is from a taxable investment 
uh, perspective, whether they own shares in their stock like Microsoft and Bill Gates or Berkshire Hathaway like Warren Buffett. Um, but the wealthiest people in the world pay the lowest tax rates because of where their wealth is. And it's in taxable investment accounts and the way that that money is taxed is, is very favorable. And so, you know, there's there's contribution limits on all retirement accounts. SEP, Simples, IRAs, 401ks have contribution limits. So those accounts you know, don't get huge on a relative basis compared to some of these mega trust accounts that you, you see out there. And so we, you know, I save most aggressively in my taxable investment account. Josh, explain, you know, I guess simply what a taxable investment account is, and then we can talk about why it makes so much sense for so many people. Most simply, it's just a bank account for stocks. And, uh, you know, it's so many people out there, the only savings they do outside of, and this came up for me with some new clients this week, but uh, the only savings that they do, or the only investing that they do, I should say, uh, are in retirement accounts, and it's either you know Roth or traditional. But they don't look at their after-tax money as a place that they actually should invest. When, in fact, that's probably where you should be investing the most. And uh, you know, they their after-tax savings usually, at the best, consist of like a money market account in addition to their checking and savings accounts. And uh, you know, in your taxable account, you're paying taxes. You know. It, it speaks for itself. You're paying taxes as you go, but uh, unless you need a bunch of liquidity immediately to buy something, uh, you're most likely not going to be making uh, sales. Uh, you know, of course, you're liable for capital gains if you realize a gain, meaning you buy something for a dollar and then sell it for two dollars. You owe taxes on the additional dollar. But the idea is that you're investing this money for the long run, just like your retirement savings, it's just liquid, so you could always pull it out if an emergency came up. But think about it most simply as just a bank account for stocks. And, you know, like, I mean, I've, I'm 47, I've been able to participate in retirement accounts since I was 18, uh, and I have, and, and I have money in IRAs and 401ks and all that stuff, but my taxable investment account is by far my biggest account because that's where I save the most aggressively and I don't have contribution limits. Um, but I invest my money in my taxable account just like I invest my money in my IRAs. Uh, I just happen to use ETFs, uh, but you, whatever you invest in, just make sure it's really tax efficient. So you're, you know, I get a 1099 on my taxable investment account every single year and I deal with the tax liability, but it's minimal because I own extremely tax efficient investments. So my tax liability is quite minimal. But Josh brought it up. It's the optionality that you can use this money at any time. So I don't have to wait until I'm 59 and a half. I can use it at any time. Um, and, you know, I can use it for anything. Uh, but, you know, for a lot of you that have all of this extra income, you'd be saving in this because when we get to retirement, when I get to retirement, this is the first place I'm going to go to get money. I'm going to let my retirement accounts keep going and eventually maybe I'll touch them when I have to. But this is where I'm going to access my money. So my tax liability in retirement is going to be extremely low because I'm just going to be paying capital gain taxes and just on the gain. If you take money from a traditional IRA, the whole thing is taxed at ordinary income. So for all of you that have extra money to be saving, this is where you should be aggressively saving. In a taxable investment account, just make sure you own ta very tax-sensitive uh, or, or tax-efficient investments, um, and, and your tax liability will be minimal. But this will give you a tremendous amount of opportunity, optionality, and then when, you get, when you're in retirement, you, you're, you'll be able to access your money at such lower you tax rates. You get to control where your marginal dollar comes from, and that for so many people, especially big one-time expenses, it gives you a lot of freedom. All right. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we'll do one last segment of emails, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988.
Are you looking to enjoy going to church again? Check us out at Holy Communion, an independent Catholic church where all are truly welcome. Join us for Mass on Saturdays at 5 o'clock or Sundays at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And enjoy going to church again at Holy Communion. Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Shop with us for the holidays and support local and student businesses. Caldera High School invites you to our annual DECA Winter Wonderland Holiday Bazaar, December 2nd from 12 to 5 p.m. Find the perfect gifts from local artisans, including jewelry, home decor, clothing, lots of food, and holiday cheer. Bid in our silent auction for gift baskets, vouchers, and other items perfect for the holidays and beyond. Join the festivities at Caldera Deca's Winter Wonderland Holiday Bazaar, December 2nd from 12 to 5 p.m. KBND, Deschutes, Crook, and Jefferson News every morning. Only on FM News 100 and 1110 KBND. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too. For over 30 years, it's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing, too. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another $150 savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but just call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And remember, the deadline is December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Here's the number, 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE, 855-51-BIBLE. Hi, this is Matt from Summit Cleaning and Restoration. Water damage, fire damage, mold damage. Someone has to clean these messes up and they have to put everything back together. Fortunately, at Summit Cleaning and Restoration, we have the skills and knowledge to tackle your messes and clean them up for you. From parrots to sewage to, oh my goodness, what happened here? I've seen it, I've cleaned it, and I don't want this to happen to you. But if it does, Summit Cleaning and Restoration is here. For emergency services 24-7, go to summitclean.com. CCB number 153107. your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. Call the office if you want to get one of those uh, free retirement reviews scheduled uh, or if you have at least $500,000 in investable assets, you can email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement review, and one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So um, one of the, obviously, to me, in my mind, the biggest contributor to the inflation problem that we had was that the money supply, so M2, uh, which is just the money sloshing around in the system in the United States, uh, in 18 months after COVID, increased by 40%. So when you put that much more money in the system, obviously that's going to be inflationary, right? Those dollars that are put in there are going to be worth less, and that's inflationary. Um, but one of the factors working against that now, and reason one of the reasons that inflation is rolling over, uh, is the money supply 
uh, fell 3.3% over the last year, a record 11th consecutive month with a year-over-year dec- year year decline in the money supply. So the money supply, well, they'd increased at a stupid amount. And it was ridiculous and probably definitely not probably definitely unnecessary um the you know the the central bank it's essentially being sopped up not a, a nearly as quick a rate thankfully because if it did the US economy would stop working but um that is one of the factors that is helping uh inflation roll over is the money supply is shrinking uh but yeah the 40% increase in 18 months was <laughs> It's like, what in the heck are they yeah, doing? That, that three-year trailing money supply growth number is still in the double digits. It was like giving a heroin addict as much heroin as they wanted. Like, here you go. Non-stop supply. As much as you want. Uh, and then the, for all you gold bugs, like this is, it's always weird to us. And, and this, the, you know, right now when the the spending by the federal government is as out of control as it is and the debt is high, there are a lot of people looking around for proxies, right? And one of them is crypto and the other one is, is gold. But, you know, we have such a hard time, Josh and I have such a hard time uh, ever investing money in precious metals, especially gold. But, but, you know, Josh and I were joking about it. Like if I was Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, um, I'd probably have some room somewhere with some gold in it, but you know, Bezos has a hundred billion dollars. I, w- I also said to Josh that I would have a room the size of his office full of automatic machine guns and like rocket launchers, you know, as uh, as my ultimate hedge, and I'd have safe rooms and I'd have lots of stuff. But I don't have any of that stuff because uh, I'm just a regular person. Um, you know, Je- Bezos has a five hundred, four hundred forty foot yacht too. Um, so, you know, I, the gold has just not been a good investment and everybody can make the, all the arguments they want. But um, gold is only 9% above the high that it reached in 2011. You know, it, it's just like if you had invested in cash in a money market since 2011, you would have done better than gold. So what, what's the idea there? What's I mean, I, I don't ever understand the argument behind gold, because if I put a piece of gold between Josh and I, we have to decide what it's worth, and it's because it's not going to pay a dividend. It's not going to earn any money. So, like, who cares? The trade. It's, if you're a trader, sure, but as a durable portfolio allocation. Look, no what is, who's a trader? What is that? Trader. Yeah. Come on. I, well, I mean, that, if you're like making a trade. Yeah, which is douche. <laughs> All right, this email comes from Connie. Uh, my son decided to settle abroad. I might be right there behind him, there, Connie. Uh, and wants to purchase a home, I made a gift of stock valued at $17,000, which is the gift limit, uh, which had significant gains. So she gave him stock that had significant gains. Uh, My broker indicated that giving him the stock would avoid capital gains on my part, and he could cash the stock in at that value also without paying capital gains. Our CPA is now telling him that he will indeed have to pay capital gain. What's the real scoop? Well, Connie... Your CPA is correct. Uh, I'm not sure what <laughs> your broker was thinking. Um, no offense, Connie. You probably need to find a new broker uh, if, in fact, he is a broker or she's a broker. So here's what happened. So Connie gave her son um, some appreciated stock, uh, and the, obviously the cost basis went, go, went with that appreciated stock. And so when the son sells that, he is going to have to pay capital gains on the difference between what Connie bought it at and where it is now. The only time you can give away appreciated stock like that and not have to pay taxes is to a 501c3 charity. And while many of you probably wish your kid was a 501c3 charity and they seem like they are, uh, they don't actually count as an actual charity with the IRS. So uh, your broker gave you bad information. Your CPA is correct. Uh, the capital gain follows it. Now, Connie, when you die, um, and nobody's hoping for that, but when you do die eventually, that stock that you gave him and all the stock in your taxable investment account will get a step up in cost basis to the date of your death. So that appreciated stock, when you die, will have no tax liability on it if your son sold it then. But for now, he's going to have to pay taxes. Sorry. Uh, This comes from uh, Greg and Bend. Um, I know my spouse can get up to half my Social Security benefit amount if it is greater than her benefit. I'm planning to delay starting Social Security until 70. Congratulations, Greg. Will my spouse get half of my benefit at my full retirement age, which is 66 in two months, 
or half of my noticeably higher benefit at 70. Uh, so, Greg, the answer to that is she's going to get half of your benefit at your full retirement age. Well, it would be great if she could get half of the amount you at 70. She's only going to get half of the amount at your full retirement age. So uh, she's she's but the one thing to know, Greg, is that when you do pass away, she will she will be eligible for 100 percent of your benefit. So your benefit that you take at 70. So that's the important thing to know. Uh, Tom here in Central Oregon. We have two large expenses that need to be paid this year. I'm in my late 60s. My wife is in her 50s. Nice. I think we should be able to pull the money from our brokerage account, which is taxable, and protect the money in our IRA and our Roth accounts so they continue to grow tax-deferred. My wife feels that the withdrawal should come from our IRA or Roth, saying that the money used in our brokerage account would be double taxed. Which would you pull the money from? Your, your wife is wrong. You should be taking it from your... Uh, from your taxable account, you should. You are right, uh, Tom. I'm not saying it to be uh, sexist, but you are definitely right in this case. Um, you, you know, so if you take it from your taxable investment account, um, you are going to be able to control what you sell in that account. Um, and you know, considering that we had 2022 where the market was down 20 plus percent, I'm sure Greg or Tom, sorry, I'm sure Tom that you can go into your account and find something where you have a relatively small gain or maybe even a loss. You can sell that and and create uh, the money that you need for expenses. If you take it from the Roth, you lose the compounding tax-free component of the Roth. And if you take it from the traditional IRA, you're going to pay ordinary income. So unfortunately, Tom, you're going to have to tell your wife that she's wrong uh, and that taking it from... Uh, but remember, Tom, happy wife, happy life. All right, that's our show this week. We appreciate you listening. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit northwestquadrantwealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors.